Amen. This morning, what a wonderful God, Amen. That we serve this morning, and uh, what an honor and a privilege it is to be in God's house. And uh, Amen. I feel His presence, Amen, here with us, Amen, in the house of the Lord today. And uh, we're just going to continue to pray for those that are in need and those that uh, uh, and are uh, sick and those that. Uh, Amen. We are uh, praying for to come on in and uh, to uh, to worship uh, and to work with us uh, here at Farm Hill Church. Just looking forward, amen, to what God has in store, amen, for us, amen, in the coming days and the weeks uh, and the months ahead, amen. But I want you, if you have your Bibles, amen, go ahead, if you will, and turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3, and just hold your place there, amen, for just a moment. Amen. We're continuing this morning with a sermon series titled, Fitting the Pieces Together. Fitting the Pieces Together. Last week we talked about how we were all living stones. Uh, And going back to part of our scripture text from last week, amen, I'm going to ask Kendall if he'll put that up there. 1 Peter chapter number 2 And verse number 5 says this, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And we talked about how God, amen, has just brought so many of us together over the last several months Uh, and uh, is bringing us together, I believe, here uh, in Farm Hill, amen, with different talents, uh, with different abilities, uh, with different gifts. Uh, It is fitting us together like living stones uh, and building us up into a church or a body of Christ, uh, a body of believers to advance the kingdom of God. Now, in the next, uh, well, this week, picking up with this week, and over the next couple weeks, I want to focus on what we're going to uh, call and what we're going to use as our mission and our vision for 2022. Amen. A mission statement defines who we are and what we do. Amen. A vision statement defines, amen, what we want to accomplish through our mission. In other words, what are the results that we want to see happen? And we're going to talk about those over the next several weeks, but today, amen, we're going to focus on a mission statement that I believe, uh, amen, that God has laid upon my heart for 2022 and beyond if the Lord tarries, amen, and I don't know whether or not, uh, amen, we're going to see 2023 or not. Might as well go ahead and get ready, amen, if you haven't punched your ticket for heaven, go ahead, uh, amen, and get it punched because I don't know about you, but I'm going on the first bus. Come on, I ain't waiting for no second or third flight. Amen, I'm going on the first one to heaven. I'm, I'm going to take a trip, the Bible, I mean, the old song says, in a good old gospel ship. I'm sailing far beyond the skies. I'm ready to let go of everything down here, amen, and receive, amen, the promise that God has given to us in that place called heaven. Amen, I better get back to the message before I get off. Come on. Amen. 2022, our mission statement and the title of this message this morning is this, Knowing Jesus and Making Jesus Known. Knowing Jesus and Making Jesus Known. 
No, let's be honest with ourselves. It is all about Jesus. If we want to make it something else, if we want to make it about something else, uh, then Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are building, uh, amen, our church, uh, and we are building uh, our lives uh, on the wrong foundation. If we build on anything less than Jesus Christ uh, and His righteousness, uh, amen, it is doomed for failure. Amen. We're not building, as we read the Scriptures last week, uh, we're not starting from scratch. Amen. We're building upon the foundation of the apostles uh, and the prophets that have come before us. Amen. We're building uh, on the foundation, uh, amen, that men and women like Brother and Sister Porter, amen, have built, uh, amen, in this building right here uh, that have laid the foundation uh, and have set the walls in order. Uh, and you and I are coming along uh, as living stones uh, to find our place in the wall uh, and continue on and advance uh, what has already been done. Come on, somebody. Amen. Farm Hill Church uh, is not going to shrivel up uh, and die. Go ahead and praise God. Tony Shackle is not going to shrivel up and die. Amen. Fill your name in the blank, and I hope you'll say it this morning. You are not going to shrivel up and die, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I'm here to tell you, amen, the same God that was here when Brother Porter, amen, shouted these aisles is the same God that is here right now. Come on. And He's the same God that wants to, amen, use us. For his glory and for his honor. But if we're going to do that, we're going to have to lay this foundation this morning. Knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. I begin to think about this. Let's take this first part. Knowing Jesus. We're going to take this in two parts this morning. Knowing Jesus. You see, a lot of people know about Jesus. Oh, they can quote, quote Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I mean, they, they, can, uh, they, can, uh, they can tell you all the things, amen, in the Word of God about Jesus. But the problem is, I don't know if they truly know Him. They know about Him, but I'm not sure they really know Him. Amen, and I want us to be in a place here where we know Jesus and who He is. Amen. Tapta and her, uh, her sister Trina and her mom used to sing a song, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. He's more than just a story. He is the King of glory. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Anybody in the house of God this morning glad that you know who Jesus is this morning? But a lot of people don't. They know about Jesus, but they don't truly know Him. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. When I was growing up in uh, middle school, high school, teenager years, Amen. I played basketball. I loved to play basketball, and I had the opportunity to play uh, for several years at Ernest Ward uh, School, high school it was back then, uh, in uh, Walnut Hill. I wasn't very good, but I liked to play. Amen. And back then, uh, you know, uh, when I was coming up, it was in the, the peak of Michael Jordan's career. Anybody remember Michael Jordan? Does anybody not remember Michael? Come on, y'all. Amen. It was in the peak of Michael Jordan's career, and everybody wanted to be like Mike. And I did too. So I had a, 
18 by 24 poster of Michael Jordan on my bedroom wall with his uh, Chicago Bulls uh, uniform on with a basketball and his tongue sticking out about to dunk on somebody. Amen. And I can tell you, I mean, I, I followed him. I, I loved to watch him play. He would just pull some moves out of, out of nowhere. It seemed like he just floated around in the air for a while and said, okay, when you guys give up now, okay, I'll lay it up and put it in the basket. He just had to, that way he'd miss every shot in the game. And when it came down to it, he needed that winning shot, it went in. There was just something about the man. Amen. I followed him. I can tell you a lot about Michael Jordan. I can tell you that, uh, that he won a national championship uh, as a Tar Heel for the University of North Carolina. I can tell you that he was drafted third in the NBA draft in 1984. I can tell you, I mean, that he won six NBA titles. He won the first three, and then he decided he was going to retire and go play professional baseball. But Michael Jordan figured out there was one thing he couldn't do well, play baseball. So he came back to the Chicago Bulls, and he won three more championships, uh, two three-peats, a total of six. I can tell you that he averaged over 30 points per game for his entire career. I can tell you a lot about Michael Jordan. But I don't know Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan doesn't know me. If I ran into Michael Jordan... I would look up to him and say, hello, sir. And he would say, who in the world are you? But I know all about you. I know all your stats. I can, I can quote, uh, amen, 14-time All-Star. Amen. I believe it was at least two-time Olympic champion. Amen. And it would be amazing. I know all these things about Michael Jordan, but I don't truly know the man. Amen. I don't have a relationship with him, and he has no idea who I am. And that's how some people are with their relationship with Jesus Christ. They know a lot about Him. They can quote a lot of things about Him. They can give you all the stats on how many miracles He performed. Uh, they can tell you, amen, His win-loss ratio when it comes to raising people from the dead. Uh, amen. But I'm here to tell you, they don't truly know who He is. And most importantly, Jesus doesn't know who they are in the sense that he does not know them as a disciple or a follower of his. Look at Matthew chapter number 7, verses 22 through 23. Many will say to me, to Jesus in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I Never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or work iniquity. So it's possible to know a lot about Jesus and to think that there were one of his disciples, but not truly know him. So what does it mean to know Jesus? How do we come to know him and know him better? Well, we covered this, and I told you all to turn, if you would, to Philippians chapter number 3, and we're going to pick up there now. I mean, we talked about this a few weeks back in Bible study, uh, for those that were in Bible study that night. I mean, we read these particular verses, and we're going to read through this again. What does it mean to know Christ? This is what Paul says he believes it means to know Christ. Chapter number 3, book of Philippians, verse number 7. But what things were gained to me... Paul says, these I have counted loss for Christ. 
Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Look at verse 10. That I may know him. Somebody say know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul says he is willing to give up everything in his life for the privilege of knowing Christ. He says, you can take my my, my pedigree, take my Jewish heritage, take the fact uh, that I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews, uh, take uh, from me the fact uh, that I was raised up in the strictest, uh, amen, of, of sex, uh, amen, within the Jewish uh, religion of being a Pharisee, take all that away, take away all of my medals, uh, take away all of my trophies, uh, take away all of the blue ribbons. You can have it all. I count it as rubbish. King James Version says dung. That puts it plain, don't it? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Garbage. Hey, man, that's French for garbage. Did you know that? Hey, man. Nothing. He says, I count all those things as loss just for the privilege of knowing who he is. And how does he tell us, amen, in these verses, uh, amen, can you back up to 10, amen, Kendall? I'm putting Kendall to work this morning. Amen, hey, look at that. That I may know him. How does he say he wants to know him? In the power of his resurrection. <laughs> how many know there's power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning? <laughs> How many know, amen, that it's all about, uh, amen, the cross? He went to the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood for us. And let me say this very plainly. I'm going to slow down right here. I'm going to say this very plainly. Jesus won the victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave, everything in between, all those things. He won that victory at the cross. When he said it is finished, he wasn't talking about his life. He was talking about the plan of salvation was complete because his blood had been shed. He was the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, the atonement, the propitiation for our sins at the cross. But had it not been for the resurrection, you see, the resurrection is part of the gospel. You can't have the cross without the resurrection because the resurrection proved uh, that Jesus Christ uh, was truly who he said he was and who he is today. Amen. When he, uh, amen, come up out of the tomb uh, on day number three, early on Sunday morning, the first Easter, uh, amen, Sunday, as the sun woke up the earth, uh, amen, there's a rock, uh, a stone that's been moved out of the way because the Son of God was no longer dead in that tomb. Uh, amen. He come out alive. Amen. So the resurrection is powerful. It is, it, the power of the resurrection, amen, is part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection, amen, he is not who he said he was. 
Because he said, three days and three nights I'll be in the heart of the earth. Uh, Amen. But I'm going to come up out of that place. And he did. The power of the resurrection is this. The Bible tells us this, that Jesus was raised for your justification. Justification means it is just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. Just by placing our faith in Christ and who he is. Where does that come from? Well, you go all the way back. Some of y'all reading it. They're reading through the Bible with us. Genesis chapter number 15, verse number 6. And Abraham believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. That is justification by faith. All the way in the Old Testament, and it still applies today. If you're going to be justified in the sight of God, if it's going to be just as if I'd never sinned, if I'm going to have forgiveness of of sin and the washing away of the sin, amen, by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, it will come by no other means, no other method, amen, than faith in Jesus Christ and who He is. Amen. He says, I want to know the power of His resurrection. Amen. When we get saved, we die to the old man. And it's like a, a, a picture of baptism. We die to the old man. We're raised up a new man or woman. Change, different. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. There's power in his resurrection. But notice what he also says, the fellowship of his sufferings. It's like, well, we like to talk about the resurrection because that's, you know, we can shout on the resurrection. But Paul says that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. Do you know that Jesus? Do you know the Jesus who died on the cross for your sins, who took the punishment that you deserved? That suffered unimaginable suffering and death for you and for me. Do you know that Jesus? Have you been acquainted with him? I'm not saying, do you know about it? I said, do you know it? Do you have an experience with him? Have you been to the cross? Have you, have you bowed at his feet? Have you allowed him to take the blood and wash away your sins? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Do you know him? And Paul says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Can you truly say in your life today, here's, here's a test for you this morning. Don't answer, you don't have to answer out loud. Can you truly say in your life this morning that you consider everything else rubbish, dung, garbage, worthless against one thing, knowing Jesus? And more importantly, and most importantly, having Jesus know you as his disciple. Amen. Let me talk to you, amen, about how we do that this morning. In order to truly know Jesus, we have to spend time with him. We have to be in close personal relationship with him. You see, because people know when you have and when you haven't. People know when it's real and when it's fake. Amen. Amen. Your closeness to Jesus or lack thereof will be known by the way you live your life. 
It's in the, fr- the proof is in the fruit of your life. What are we producing? Take Peter and John, for example. The Bible says that after they prayed for a lame man at the gate called Beautiful to be healed, they were questioned by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And these religious leaders couldn't help but notice that there was something different about these two individuals. Amen. And uh, Acts chapter number 4, amen, verse number 13, amen. Look at it. Now when they, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that these two men had been with Jesus. What a powerful testimony, amen, for these two individuals. It wasn't a fact, amen, that this lame man got up and walked. It wasn't their education. That's why Paul says, I'd throw all that away. I'd give every bit of that up just to truly know him. Not to know him in a religious sense. Not to just know him as a story in the Bible, but as a person and as a friend. Amen. They realized they had been with Jesus because of the boldness with which they preached. These men had never been to Bible college. They had never been to seminary. They weren't raised as Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, Amen. They had no education. Uh, Amen. They were untrained uh, in the things that the religious leaders thought they should be trained in in order to be a disciple. But these two men changed their minds because when they saw the boldness of these two men who were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, they realized these two guys have spent some time with Jesus. They were there with him three and a half years walking on the earth, seeing the miracles and all the things, amen, that, uh, amen, that Jesus had done. I mean, they listened to his teachings, and they had started to. They weren't there yet, and they didn't get there until they got to heaven. But they had started to become like their rabbi, like their teacher, Jesus, in many different ways in their lives. See, back in biblical times, amen, a teacher or rabbi would call his disciples to follow him. And it was a high honor. It was a great privilege to be chosen by a rabbi. If you remember in the Old Testament, Elijah, um, after he failed God and he ran in fear of his life from Jezebel, and God spoke to him out of the cave in a small, still voice. God says, I want you to go and anoint Elisha as your successor. He passed by Elisha, and Elisha, amen, was uh, plowing, I believe it was, with 12 yoke of oxen. And Elijah takes his mantle, and he throws it over Elisha. And when he does, it's essentially Elijah saying, follow me. Elisha left everything, and he followed Elijah. And God did mighty miracles through Elisha's life. In the New Testament, when we come to Jesus Christ, he's walking by some fishermen one day, And he just says, follow me. He walks by a tax collector one day and just says, follow me. Amen. 
And these men began to follow behind Jesus, and they hung on every word that he said because the disciple back in those days, amen, it was their job, their responsibility to stay close to the rabbi, to stay close to the teacher, to take in every word that he said, to take in everything that he did, amen, so that one day, amen, when may, perhaps when he was gone, that they would have it so ingrained down inside of their hearts and lives that they would be able to speak and to teach and to proclaim the same things that the rabbi had taught them. In fact, there was a blessing that was often given back in those days to somebody who was going to become or was a disciple of a rabbi. And they would say this, may you be covered by the dust of the rabbi. May you be covered by the dust of the rabbi. You can picture, amen, in, in physical terms, amen, as they were walking back in those days, they walked on paths that were dirt and as you would walk amen from place to place when you got there your feet were dusty that's why it was such uh, an important thing for the jews back then being hospitable when somebody came in you provided them a bowl of water so they could wash their feet and they could amen be refreshed and those kind of things but think about amen physically speaking if you're walking right behind amen the rabbi is close i mean you're saying wherever he turns i mean would you quit turning so much right i mean but you're following him that the dust that he's kicking up it stuck to me. Now, he wasn't talking about the physical dust. Well, the dust that they're talking about is the teachings of the rabbi. May, amen, the teachings of the rabbi be upon you. In other words, may they stick to you. May they become a part of who you are. Mm. And I want to think about this this morning. In the same way, Amen. It's a picture of us following Jesus. To know Him is to follow Him so closely that the dust of the Master gets upon us. That it, it gets just stuck to us. And it becomes so stuck. I don't want to wash it off. Amen. Keep it on there. I want to be so close to Jesus. Amen. That the dust of the Master, amen, is part of who I am. His teachings, amen, who He is, becomes a part of who I am in my life. Amen. I want us, amen, to be that way, amen, in our lives today. And I want you, amen, to go on that journey with me here in 2022. We must, church, follow him so closely that his dust gets on us. Spend time with him through prayer, through the reading and studying of his word, through attending church services, through praise and worship. We've got to allow his word and his teachings to cling to us and become a part of who we are. Amen. That's my prayer for Farm Hill Church in 2022. May we be covered by the dust of Jesus in our lives so that when we walk out of this building and we go out there into that great big world and we come in contact with people who don't know who Jesus is, they know about him, but they don't know him, that a little bit of the dust that's on me, hey man, I hope it's okay this morning, a little bit of the dust that's on me rubs up on somebody else. Hey man, I better be careful how I do this one. Hey man. I knocked her in the head the other night at dinner. <laughs> that a little bit of the dust 
comes off on somebody else so they can see, uh, amen, that we have been with Jesus uh, and there's something different about our lives. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Knowing Jesus, that's my prayer. <laughs> amen for 2022. Amen. May, may we be focused, amen, on knowing Him. Part number two, making Jesus known. Here's what I believe. I believe as we focus on knowing Jesus, we're going to automatically be making Jesus known. In other words, if you get Jesus in you, Jesus is going to come out of you. Can I get an amen right there? If you get Jesus down inside of you, if you truly know him, some Jesus is going to come out of you. In the way you act, in the way you talk. In other words, if you get Jesus in your heart, Jesus is going to come out of your mouth. I'm going to say it one more time. I'll give you a chance. Amen me one more time. If you get Jesus down in your heart, Jesus is going to come out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, come on. All right. Let me just be real with you. It's another message for another time. Amen. But I'm going to hit on it just for a minute this morning. I ain't got time to get all into this. But let me ask you a couple questions. What are you allowing to come out of your mouth? Is it negative? Is it hurtful? Is it a curse? Or is it positive? Is it uplifting? Is it a blessing? Whatever is coming out of your mouth is the fruit or the evidence of what is truly in your heart. Here's the good news. If you're struggling with it, and we all do, God knows I do. From time to time in my life, I struggle with this too. If you're struggling with that in your life, God can change it. But see, you don't, you don't need a a mouth transplant or a tongue transplant. You don't need a, a brain transplant. What you need is a heart transplant. Because out of the abundance of the, the mouth, if you'll let God change the heart, you won't have to worry about the mouth. You won't have to worry about the brain telling your mouth to do something that you don't want it to do amen get your heart right know him and the power of his resurrection and fellowship of his sufferings amen and God will change your life knowing Jesus is about focusing on our own lives and our relationship with him making Jesus known is about focusing on sharing the good news of the gospel with Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and in 2022 I want Farm Hill Church to be a church that is focused on telling as many people as possible about who Jesus is. In 2022, I want Farm Hill Church to be a church uh, that is focused uh, on telling as many people as we can tell that Jesus uh, is the Messiah that he's king of kings and lord of lords, that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think. I want people to know who he is. I don't want people to know about him. I want people to know him. And the only way we're going to share the truth of the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is is if we know him first. Hallelujah. Making Jesus known. 
In order to do this, we've got to be willing to speak the Word of God with boldness. Peter and John, we talked about them just a moment ago. After being questioned here, amen, by um, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees in Acts chapter number 4, the Pharisees and the Sadducees say, say this, Look, we don't really find any fault, anything that we can arrest you for or do anything like that. So here's what we want you to do. Don't you talk anymore about this man called Jesus. We just want you to be quiet. That's it. That's all we ask. So Peter and John leave this meeting, and they go back to the other disciples. And what do they do? They had a prayer meeting. Go read the Scripture. They had a prayer meeting. They got down on their knees and started praying and asking God, amen, for help. In fact, I want you to look. I mean, can you put it up there, Ken? I think it's Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. We'll come back to that. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, you go back to verse 13. They saw Jesus in these men because they saw the boldness in their heart. When they come back from this meeting with the Sadducees and the Pharisees who told them, don't you talk about Jesus anymore, they asked God specifically in prayer, give us boldness. And what did God do? God gave them some boldness. But I want you to look at the power of this prayer meeting. The Bible says... And as they began to pray, the very foundations of the place that they were in were shaken. Hallelujah. Come on, help me, Holy Spirit. I want so much of the power of God in Farm Hill Church. Amen. That when amen, we begin to pray, when people of God begin to lift up their holy hands and worship a living God, amen, that the very foundations, amen, of this building can be shook. Amen. I don't care if the TVs fall off the wall. We'll put some more up. I just want to see the power of Almighty God in the house of God one more time. Come on. I don't want dead, dried up religion. I don't want to shrivel up and die in the spirit. I mean, I want something real. It's able, amen, to get me through what I'm going through. Hallelujah. I might preach for a second. Come on. I want the same presence of God that I felt as a young boy sitting back on a pew after Mama done took me outside and warmed me up one side and down the other with that bush that used to be out front. Thank God the bush is gone. She killed it. She took too many limbs off the bush and she killed the bush. They had to, they had to dig it up. I guess she said if she couldn't pray the devil out of me, she beat it out of me. Amen. But after I got my tail tore up, and I'm trying to sit on the pew, but it's a little uncomfortable. Men like Brother Porter and men like my dad and other men of God would stand behind that pulpit that probably used to be about right here 
and preached the Word of God. And as Brother Ben told me the other night, I remember, amen, those times at Brother Porter, uh, amen, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, amen, I'll just call it the Hallelujah two-step, uh, amen, down this particular, amen, aisle, uh, amen, under the anointing of God. I want that same anointing for us today. And you know He can. You know God can. And you know He will. We got to know Him. And we got to start making Him known. Get Him in you and let Him come out of you. You know what we'll see? Amen. We'll see miracles and signs and wonders begin to happen again. We'll see doctors who say two-year-old babies got leukemia. I'm coming back here with y'all. Have to repent and come back and say, I don't know what happened. It was there yesterday. I got it right here on the test results. I don't know what happened between yesterday and today, but something changed. I've seen God do it. I've witnessed I was in the room when it happened. Come on. They said cancer. They said, uh, amen, we got to do a biopsy. All the things that they're saying on Anna Lois right now, they said we got to do it immediately. We got to take her in now. She's got leukemia. She's got cancer. Mama said, no, I don't believe so. And I don't believe you touching my baby until we talk to God. Now, sometimes it takes a mountain. Amen. And sometimes when that mountain has done its job in our lives, God says, all right, now, faith, grain of mustard seed, speak. Notice what he said. I'm getting way off. Y'all help me. He said, speak to the mountain. What is your mountain? Have you spoke to it? He said, speak to the mountain, and it's got to be moved. That mountain, this is, the way, this is my interpretation. This, brother, this is the shackle commentary. When he said that, I picture in my mind that mountain hiking up his little skirt and growing legs and walking. Because it said it will be cast into the sea. That mountain's got to move. Come on, somebody. There's more power in five letters of the English language. J-E-S-U-S. In the name of Jesus, speak to that mountain, Jesus said, and it's got to move. I spoke that to my wife the day that the doctor said there's cancer. I said, you pray that. I wasn't there with her at the moment. I was later. I said, you pray that over her right now. And you know those numbers? And I don't remember if it was too high or too low. I don't even remember. They called it neutropenic. and all, I forget all these words they called it. Doesn't matter anymore. Mama said, nope, we're going home. And we're going to trust God. And we'll come back in a couple days and you can run your little test again. And let's just see what happens. The doctor said, yeah, okay, idiots. By, under his breath, you know what I'm saying? 
They'll be coming back to me. I'll get that money. Don't worry. I shouldn't have said that. But I did, so let's go with it. A couple days later, we go back, and they run the test again, and they're like, is this the same? Did we mix up the daughters? Because they look kind of alike. Why don't y'all come back in a couple days, and let's just, this could be an anomaly. We come back again. Let me tell you, the numbers went from like this to like this to like this. My God is able. And when we start making Jesus known, amen, you don't have to worry about it. Amen. The, uh, come on, somebody. The dead got to get up out of the grave uh, when Jesus walks in the room because uh, you know, nothing stay dead uh, where Jesus is. Uh, amen. Because when he got up, uh, amen, out of that tomb that day, he came out with power. And that same power, that same resurrection, amen, it's in us. I got to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to hit on one more thing, maybe two, probably one, and I'm going to end. There was so much of the power of God present in that prayer meeting that the foundations of that building were shaken. And all of them, the Bible says, were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. But wait a minute. I thought the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, in Acts chapter number 2 on the day of Pentecost. They were. Their initial infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, was on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 4. You can read about it. And here in chapter number 4, it's some period of time after the day of Pentecost. The Bible says they had such a powerful prayer meeting that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, again. Wait a minute. So you're telling me there's more? There's, there's a refreshing? That there's a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit that is available to me? You're saying, I mean, there's, I, I can have that right now today? Well, let me read it to you. Come on. You had to fill, amen, you had to fill it up to get here, or eventually you will, or you won't get here. Come on. I mean, look at Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 18. I'm going to try not to preach this too hard. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. King James says, uh, in which is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, let me preach this just for a minute. What Paul is saying here, he's com contrasting drunkenness with the Spirit of God and being filled with the Spirit. And if you remember back to Acts chapter number 2, as they came out of the upper room, there was a crowd in Jerusalem that day that said, these guys have gone bonkers. Hey, man, these people must be drunk acting the way they're acting. And Peter stood up and said, no, 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 not so. Amen. These men and women are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's just the third hour of the day. In other words, it's only 9 a.m. He said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
in the last days, he says, I will pour out of my spirit uh, upon all flesh. And your sons uh, and your daughters shall prophesy. <laughs> amen. Your young men uh, are going to dream dreams. Uh, your old men, uh, amen, are going to see visions. Uh, amen. On your handmaidens uh, and on your servants, uh, I'm going to pour out my spirit on anybody who wants it. Amen. <laughs> He says, uh, he says, why don't you get a little, uh, amen, why don't you won't worry about that other stuff up there, and why don't you get drunk on the new wine of the Holy Ghost? Get that in your heart. Get that in your life. Uh, amen, get some of that down in you. Uh, amen, and let it, uh, amen, influence your life. In fact, uh, as I said last week, uh, amen, I don't want to preach, or two weeks ago, uh, amen, I don't want to preach uh, under the uh, influence uh, of Toradol or Loratab uh, or anything else when I had the tooth going on. Uh, amen, but I want to preach uh, under the influence uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you will align your life, let me get, I got to get to it, y'all. Come on. Man, God, stop. You remember, let me say this, I'm going to move. You remember the story in the Bible where Joshua prayed? Amen. He's fighting the Amalekites, I think it is. Amen. He's fighting, he's fighting, he's fighting. And, and he prays and he says, God, we're winning this victory, but we're not going to make it before the sun goes down. So stop the sun in the sky. God, stop the time just for a minute. Let me get through this. Hallelujah. He says here in Ephesians, look at the end of this line here. Be filled with the Spirit. What Paul is saying there, if you were to read that, if you and I could read Greek, and I can't, maybe you can. But if you go back and read it in the way he originally wrote it, this is what he's saying. Be constantly being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled. It's active. It's not past tense. It's present tense. It's not one time. It's continuous. Amen. It's over and over. That's why we can read the Scripture. Amen. In Acts chapter number 4, the same men, uh, amen, that were filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter number 2, amen, are the same men that are filled again in Acts chapter number 4. And you can read it all throughout the Scripture. That's not the only place that happens. If you want the anointing of God to speak the Word of God with boldness like these men did, get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you this question, the same question that Paul asked the Ephesian believers in Acts chapter number 19. I think you can find this somewhere around verse 7 in that chapter, if I got it right. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Let me ask you that question today. Have you received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, since you believed? Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that baptism is empowerment for service to be a more effective witness for Him. Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8. But you shall receive power. King James says, after that, or when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. What does Jesus say in there? You want power to be a witness for Jesus Christ? You want power so that you can go out in this world and make Jesus known to somebody else's life? 
Let the Holy Spirit indwell you. Let him fill you. Let him overcome you. Amen. And let him be in you what he wants to be. You see, the Holy Spirit is available to every believer. The early church turned the world upside down. And as I told you, actually, they turned it back right side up, if you understand what I'm saying. And boldly declared the gospel of Jesus Christ because they were filled and constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. They had no problem making Jesus known. And if you and I will get filled with the Holy Spirit and be constantly being filled, neither will we. We'll have no problem making him known. Because our community, ladies and gentlemen out there today, is filled with people who are hurting, who are fearful, who are confused, who are doubtful, who are lost, who have no hope. And the only way that they're going to get the solution to their problem, because the solution to their problem cannot be found in the world. It can only be found in Christ. And the only way they're going to find the solution to the problem the only way that they're going to know Christ, to know him, is if some of you and I, let me back up, is when all of you and I make up in our minds, I'm going to know him and I'm going to make him known. And we realize that the church is not this building. As wonderful as this building is, as many blood however much blood, sweat, and tears went into the building of this building. We honor it as such. But this building is not the church. This building is where the church meets. You and I are the church. And when we stop thinking of the church as these walls of this building and we start realizing that the church of Jesus Christ is made up of some living stones that are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, amen, who are raising up, amen, some sacrifices unto God. And we're willing to take the gospel of Jesus Christ, to know Him so much, that the dust of the rabbi is just stuck all over us. That when I walk by somebody, amen, they can't help, amen, but get a little dust, amen, on them, amen, to let them know that there is somebody up there in heaven that loves them. Amen. And so, after we witness to them, because that's not the end, I feel like I need to come back here. I don't know. When they walk, because I gotta get closer, so I'm pointing. I guess I don't know. Amen. After we've witnessed to them, and they come walking through that door, that they feel love and not condemnation. That they feel accepted and not rejected. That they feel at home and not a stranger. That they feel like part of a family instead of an outsider or someone that's been rejected and unloved that nobody cares about. You want to you wanna build a church? I do. <laughs> you want to build a church? We're going to build a church, Farm Hill, by knowing Jesus and by making Jesus known. I want Farm Hill Church to be known 
as a church that is passionate about knowing Jesus and making him known. And over the next couple of weeks, as I said, we're going to talk about some ways we're going to live this out. Because I believe God's given me a vision for where we're going and for what God wants to do. I can't see the end yet. I don't know where it's coming. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know how it's coming, but I know it's coming. Amen. I've been praying and I've been seeking God and, uh, amen, I've been asking him for direction. I believe he's given us, uh, amen, some vision, amen, of what he wants to do in 2022 in order to fulfill our mission. And I want you to catch the vision with us and be a part of it. I think it's time, amen, I believe in this moment that God is saying that he wants Farm Hill Church to take it to the next level. Come on. I believe God is saying it is time that we get off our, our pews. I think it's time that we get off our seat, as the old timers used to say, our seat of do nothing. I think it's time, amen, that we get up and make up in our minds, I'm going to know Christ and I'm going to make him known and get up off the pew, get up off our seat of do nothing, amen, and get about the Father's business. Do y'all know we ain't got much time left? I'm not talking about the service. I know I'm past time on that. I'm talking about in this world. We talked about a gentleman the other day. May God have mercy on his soul. But if he didn't repent in his last moments, it's quite possible he may have slipped out of this world and opened up his eyes in hell just like the rich man did. I pray that he repented. But this is the sad reality, y'all. There are thousands and thousands of people who are going out into eternity every day who are lost. There are people in this community. There are people in your community. For all the way from Baymanette, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida, Dogwood Park, McDavid, Boji. I don't care what you want to call it, wherever you are. There are people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we are going to be a church in 2022 who's going to take the gospel to this community, and we're going to take the gospel to the world if that's what it takes. I don't know what it's going to take. Amen. We got our little podcast thing. We got a website. Did you know that somebody over there in, uh, I don't care, Russia or whatever, could, could, could listen to that, could hear that? Uh, amen. What God is doing, amen, right here. Uh, amen. I, I don't know how God works sometimes. Uh, amen. But sometimes, amen, he just takes things that we don't think exceedingly, abundantly, above, Come on, somebody. I promise you this. If you'll catch this vision with us, and I believe God has laid us on our hearts to do this, amen, I'm here to tell you today, God's going to do some great and mighty things in 2022. And all I'm asking you to do, amen, with me today is to realize that our mission is knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Stand to your feet this morning if you're able to stand. I know I kept y'all long today. I don't apologize because, <laughs> hey man, I, uh, when I do that, sometimes I total whooping from God when I get home. <laughs> and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not, I don't want you to bow your heads, and I don't want you to close your eyes. I want you alert. I want your heads up, and I want you looking forward. So I'm going to ask you some questions this morning. Do you know Jesus? 
Let me ask you this. I didn't ask you if you know about him. I said, do you know him? Have you come to the saving knowledge of the power of his death, burial, and resurrection? Come on, somebody. Have you been acquainted with us? I mean, the fellowship of his sufferings. Have you allowed Jesus to forgive you of your sins and transform your life? If you are, just raise your hand and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you can't say that this morning, today's the day of salvation. You're here. Jesus is here. We have an altar. Why don't you come right now and let Jesus Christ transform your life? Maybe you're saved, and let me ask you this. Are you spending time with him like you should? Are you covered with the dust of the rabbi? Are his teachings a part of who you are? Are you being conformed into his image? In other words, are you becoming more like Christ every day? Or have you reached a place where you don't see any further growth in your relationship with him? You're here. Jesus is here. We have an altar. Why don't you come right now? And let Jesus Christ flood your heart and flood your life. And start that relationship with him fresh and anew right now. And say, God, I surrender to you and I want to know more about you. Let me ask you, are you making Jesus known? Could it be said that he or she has been with Jesus? Could somebody say that about you? Is there evidence in your life of the transforming power of Jesus Christ? Are you allowing the dust of the rabbi, Jesus Christ, on your life to impact others? Or are you holding back from being the hands and feet of Jesus? When you're around sinners or non-Christians, do you act like your rabbi? Can they see him in you? Or do you act like them because you're too afraid or too ashamed to take a stand for Christ? Well, you're here. Jesus is here. We have an altar. Why don't you come right now and let Jesus so flood your life that you can't help but to know him and to make him known and to be more of a powerful witness for him. So I'm going to give you a moment. His heads are raised and eyes are open. If you're here today, you say, Brother Tony, I want to know him more. I say, oh, is it no or is it love? I want to love him more. I want to love him more. I want to love him more. I do, I do, I do. That's old school right there. Amen. If you want to know him more, if you want to spend time with him, I know I preached long. Amen. But the next five minutes could be the most important five minutes of your life. Five letters can do more in five minutes than an old sweaty preacher like me can do in five hours or five years or five lifetimes. If you need something from Jesus Christ and you want to spend time with him, I'm going to give you a moment. Would you come? God is speaking to your heart this morning. Would you surrender it to him? Would you come and say, God, I want to know more about you. God, I want to know you more so that I can make you known more. Let me just say this. If you're standing here today, and you 
just say, I know about Jesus, but I'm not sure I really know him. The most important decision you'll ever make in your life is to accept Jesus Christ into your life. And if you're standing here today and you once knew him, but you don't know him quite the same way as you once did, he can change that today. I'm now going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to pray. And if you're here and you feel like you need to pray, I feel like God's dealing with a couple hearts in here this morning, but I'm not going to tarry much longer. I'm going to pray a prayer, and while we're praying this prayer and heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you want to pray, would you just step out and come? Dear Heavenly Father, God, as I stand before you this morning, God, I come to you humble. I come to you. God, recognizing who you are, honoring you and worshiping you as King of kings and Lord of lords. I thank you for what you've done in my life. And I know, God, that I'm not perfect. And I know this church is not perfect. But I know the one who is perfect, and his name is Jesus. And he died on the cross, and he was raised from the dead for us today. And I ask you, Father God, in 2022, I want to know you more. God, I want to be acquainted with you. I want you to be a friend to me. God, I want to speak to you like a brother. God, you said you'd be closer than a brother. I want a relationship with you in 2022 that is greater than anything that I've ever had in my life so that, God, I can take the dust, God, that gets on my life from knowing your ways and studying your word and being in worship and having those powerful prayer meetings and take that and let it rub off on somebody else so that they can see Jesus in me. If they don't see me, hide me behind the cross of Christ so that when somebody sees me, they don't see me, they see you. Because I can't save them and I can't forgive them and I can't do anything for them, but Jesus, you can. God, help me make you known more in 2022 than I have. Those moments, God, where I'm in situations where, God, I, I allow myself to clam up or to shut down or to not speak up when I should for you. Let 2022 be a change in my life. And fill the church with men and women and boys and girls who have the same passion and the same heart to know you and to make you known. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.